over the years, I've just come to understand that like food is medicine, movement is medicine, sun and being outside is medicine, you know, the ocean is medicine. And all these things, they have such a huge impact on your well-being. Like, you can have the most healthy body in the world, but if your mind is toxic, you're not even going to be physically healthy. If you're stressed, if you're depressed, that is all going to manifest as disease in the body. You know, according to Ayurveda, disease actually starts in the subtle form and then it manifests in the gross form. So one big kind of self-care thing with Ayurveda is you go to sleep and you wake up at the exact same time every day. After you do that for a while, your body will naturally fall into a rhythm. What Krishna would tell us and what the yoga tradition would tell us is if you really want to be happy, if you really want a sense of fulfillment in this life, try to think about what you can do to contribute. So Welcome to the Collaborative Resource Hub by Wellness Provisions. We're bridging the gap between mental health wellness, and rock and roll. I'm Amy McBride, owner of Wellness Provisions, the most badass wellness business. Hey, are you feeling a little stuck in life? I offer wellness coaching sessions. Book a session with me if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead. Sessions are available worldwide. And check this out. Wellness Provisions supplies rock and rollers with high quality supplements. We've simplified your shopping experience and given you a trustworthy place to go where you can essentially shop blindfolded. And did you know, all our Collaborative Resource Hub interviews air on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to stay in the loop. Go immerse yourself in the full Collaborative Resource Hub experience over on our website. You'll have access to helpful resources that will inspire and educate you. So let's inspire each other. If that guy did it, so can you. Last but not least, my legal disclaimer, nothing in this interview or the Collaborative Resource Hub substitutes medical advice. Please connect with your GP if you need medical guidance. Porcel from Youth of Today, Judge and Shelter, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? I'm doing well also, although my temperature here isn't as cold as yours up in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's true, it's freezing up here. I'm a real warm weather type person too. So I'm, I, I suffer in the winter. I don't know why I live in New York. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a good question then. Would you ever move? I lived in California. I lived in Florida. I don't know. I just always come back to New York. There's something about this place. Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's because the, the music's so good. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Well, at least you can vacation, right? Like you can leave New York in winter and go somewhere else warmer. Well, usually every single winter, every single January, I go to India. Oh, do you? Yeah. And I haven't been able to go in two years. So it's such a bummer, but it's so great because, you know, that's part of the thing. It's just like, you just get out of the cold and it breaks up the winter a little bit. Yeah. But you know, it's weird. It's weird times. Can't, I can't travel as much. Yeah, that is true. Oh man, hopefully, well, in a year you can go to India again, hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm sweat I'm sweating your record collection back there. Thank you. There What kind of what much... kind of music do you listen to? Um, I mean, I like this this is a collection of a lot of stuff, I guess, over the years, but um 77 Punk is my favorite. Um, I like some street punk stuff uk82 a lot of like garage 60s garage stuff 70s rock and roll so i love all that stuff i used to have the greatest punk rock 
hardcore record collection ever. And it was, it was really, it was from like, you know, 77 on. So I really liked all that seventies punk and, you know, early eighties English punk. Yeah. But, you know, I just, you know, I was always in a band and I just, you know, in multiple bands and I moved around so much and I just got so sick of just carting around, <laughs> you know, crates of records everywhere I went. I just sold them all. Yeah, I know. I'm meeting more and more people that have that have sold off their collection and just either like transferred it to digital before they got rid of the stuff or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I moved to Spain and shipped my records like I it's yeah you're you're hardcore yeah I, I get it I tell you I wish I had the records because you know you can always look up the music on, you know some of the stuff you can't even find on Spotify that's true um but there's nothing like looking at the record and the lyric sheet and the cool you know just the cool inserts all those records ads yeah it's a, it's special Plus, I find like if I don't know what I want to listen to, it's easier if you're flipping through like something like physical, you know, like tactile to find what you want to listen to than digital. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't pick what I want when it's like searching Spotify. Yeah, there's something that there, there's a vibe about records. I kind of wish they didn't go by the wayside. <laughs> I don't even have a record player. I'm such a poser. <laughs> I know, I know, you gasp in yeah. disbelief. <laughs> so, hey, what does wellness mean to you? When I grew up, I kind of grew up just a typical American kid. You know, I lived in the suburbs of New York City, and there was really like no idea, at least in my family, there was absolutely no idea of wellness. Like, I didn't even realize that the food that you ate really affected your health. I mean, we used to, you know, study health class, you know, for, you know, one semester in high school and you learned like the four food groups. And my teacher used to tell me pepperoni pizza is the, is the ultimate food because it's got all four food groups. It's got the vegetables and the tomatoes. It's got the grains, it's got the dairy, and then it's got the meat. So he was a great proponent of like, pepperoni pizza and this is my health teacher like this is how I'm learning about wellness mm -hmm. you know growing you know growing up in like typical high school in in New York uh so I really didn't even have any clue about wellness until I was 19 and the whole band youth of today moved to New York City and it was really then where I sort of you know just from being in New York City you know there's all these like new ideas and new people and new cultures and my first job that I got, just almost randomly, I got a job at a health food store. And that's when I started to really get into health. And, you know, it was, it's amazing because, you know, back then, people that worked in health food stores, like if you were going to work in a health food store, you were like really passionately yeah. into health food. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't, po it wasn't popular. It wasn't like you had whole foods and you could get vegan stuff and vegetarian stuff like even in New York City, there was just a few random health food stores that were, that were around. And so the people that worked at the health food stores, they were really knowledgeable about health and eating. Mm -hmm. And that's when I first started understanding that, you know, what I put into my body is going to not only have, you know, it's not only going to affect my health, but it's going to affect my energy. It's going to affect my mood. And I just really, I, I dove into it. And luckily I was always 
big into exercise. You know, I was a punk rocker, but I was on the football team at school. I know that's like really weird combination. You're not supposed to be a jock and be into punk, but I was really into football. I was really into exercising. I was really into working out. And so luckily I had that background from a young age. I was always just kind of running around exercising, skateboarding. And that has really followed me around my whole life. You know, over, over the years, I've just come to understand that like food is medicine, movement is medicine, sun and being outside is medicine, you know, the ocean is medicine. And all these things, they have such a huge impact on your well-being. Yeah. I just, I just kind of slowly picked up on it, you know, over the years. Yeah. When you started eating healthier and were still, you know, exercising or, I mean, obviously you weren't on the football team at that point, but like, did you notice a difference in like your thinking and your energy levels and stuff when you actually started eating better? Well, right when I moved to New York city and I got that job at the health food store, everybody in that health food store was a vegetarian. Like every single person was a vegetarian. The, the, uh, the name of the health food store was Prana which is a yoga term that means life force. It's kind of like the same thing as chi yeah. in Asian cultures. But they also owned a block away, they owned a restaurant that was called Ahimsa. And it was a vegetarian restaurant. And actually I worked, you know, I, I was a guitar player for Youth of Today. And then our singer, Ray Capo worked at Ahimsa. So we worked like a block away and I used to go in there and he used to give me food and stuff like that. And that's when I first decided that I was gonna you know, try vegetarianism. And I, I will say that for the first six months when I, when I went vegetarian, my body was so, you know, I come, from an, I, I come from an Italian family. We're eating meat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like my dad, I, I've never seen him eat a vegetable or a fruit in my whole entire life. Like he, he practically just ate meat. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So we were a big meat-centric family. And so when I started getting, you know, and I practically overnight just said, you know what? I'm just going to change my diet and I'm going to go vegetarian. And so really, I, I would say, you know, the first few months were rough as my body was just kind of getting used to a whole new diet that I had been eating for 19 years. I yeah. didn't really feel so good. I broke out. I like had zits. I never even had zits when I was like 15. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like my skin wasn't good. It's just your body detoxing. You yeah, know? exactly. And uh, so after about like, I'd say it took a, a good, and you know, I almost even went back a few times because I was like, the vegetarian diet's not working. But all the people at the health food store would be like, no, you're cleansing. Your body's, you know, your body has to take time to get used to this new diet. You're going to feel great. And I really did. Like after about six months, I started to feel fantastic. And I looked healthy. I looked good. Then mm -hmm. I started getting into things like juice cleansing and fasting. And, you know, I even dabbled in like a raw foods diet for about like six months. Mm -hmm. And then it got really cold in the winter of New York City. So it was hard to do. But yeah. you know, it was, it was, it was kind of fun and interesting. And all these new things are coming up when I was, when I was young and different ways to eat and how you can feel your best. You know, I, I used to play in Youth of Today, Judge, Bold all at the same time. And then later on, I actually joined Gorilla Biscuits too. So I was in four bands. I had so much energy just from like a, a really good, clean vegetarian diet that I could play three hardcore sets, no problem. I, I probably could have played six. Oh my God. 
Yeah, it's just even today, I could probably <laughs> play three hardcore shows. It's just like, you know, your diet has so much to do with your energy level. Yeah, I feel I feel bad because, you know, if you eat this typical American diet, you know, if you're eating a lot of fast food, if you're eating a lot of processed food, if you're eating a lot of meat and hydrogenated oils and like the list goes on, your body starts to fall apart very, very early. I know people that are like 30 years old. They're on three different medications every single day. They don't look good. They have no energy. Oh, I can't touch my toes. I can't do this. It's like, dude, you don't have to live like that. Like to live with debilitated health and no energy and to be sick all the time. And just like, I never get sick. Some people are sick all the time. It's like, yeah. you know, they can't make it through a winter without, you know, getting sick. Totally. There's a better way to live. You know <laughs> what I mean? There's a better way to live. Like nature has set us up that if we're just kind of like working with nature instead of against nature, you know, you can really feel a lot of health and vitality. And, you know, that's the real goal of what we're trying to get. You know, it's not, it's not what we're trying to, you know, have like the perfect abs and, you know, to, to be in perfect shape or whatever. But really, it's just the way that you feel and that like vitality and that energy you feel. You can't put a price on that. And it's not something that you can buy in a pill. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's something that you really have to design a lifestyle around to, to feel like that. Well, and, and it's hard. It. It's, a, it's a lifestyle, you know, because people look yeah. at so much of these food I, as diets, basically, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go eat this way for this amount of time and I'll feel like this. And then you revert back. But yeah, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, I'll even get a little political here, you know, even with this whole vaccination thing, we live in this culture where we just want the easy way out. Like we want the path of least resistance. It's like, okay, well, I'll just be healthy just by getting a shot. And then I'm just protecting, you know, we're having this like huge health crisis for two years all around the world. There's no talk about diet. There's no talk about exercise. There's no talk about, it's just like the basics of health you know, and, and then you have the, you know, then you have like, uh, you know, politicians like de Blasio in New York, who's such an idiot. <laughs> he goes on TV and he says, I just got the jab and they gave me a free McDonald's hamburger and shake. And he's like gloating. Seriously? He's eating this. Yeah. You didn't see that video? Oh, I didn't see it. And I'm watching this on T, you know, I'm watching this online and here's this idiot talking about this global health crisis. And he's, you know, He's basically gloating about how he just got vaccinated and they gave him a free McDonald's hamburger and shake and he's eating and he's like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I was just like, the world is upside down. You are missing the point, people. Upside down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The world's upside down. Um, you know, so we want, mi we want microwave food. We want, you know, fast food. We want fast health. We think we're just going to get a shot and then we're going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's not that it's something much more deeper. It requires a little discipline. It requires a little work. And you know what? Anything worthwhile is going to require discipline and work and effort. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the things that usually come very, very easy, they're very, very cheap. They're very, very shallow. And even our whole American idea of health is like, we're going to take a bunch of vitamins and then we're going to get our, our vaccine shot, but we're not going to change our diet. We're not going to change our lifestyle. We're still going to be stressed out. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It's just, it's just a whole wrong approach to health and wellness. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree completely. <laughs> and also um, your perspective, your outlook on life too, you know, being positive and um, pushing yourself because you feel better when you've achieved something, you know, holding yourself accountable. All of that is important too. Well, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and, you know, yoga says that it's not just health of the body that makes you that that makes you healthy. There's actually three parts that make up a person. First is their body, you know, their physical body. It's called anamoya kosh. Ana literally means food. So it's the body that you make by the food choices you eat. <laughs> you know, so based on your food choices, you're going to either have a bad body or you're going to have like a good body. So that's one, that's one part of you is your physical body. The other part of you is your mind. Like you can have the most healthy body in the world, but if your mind is toxic, you're not even going to be physically healthy totally. because if you're, if you're stressed, if you're depressed, that is all going to manifest as, as disease in the body. They say that disease actually starts, you know, according to Ayurveda, which is the yogic system of medicine, disease actually starts in the subtle form and then it manifests in the gross form. Mm -hmm. So you can literally be stressed. So you can stress yourself sick. You can think yourself sick. You can make bad lifestyle choices that make you sick. That's all part of, you know, that's part of your, your mind. Having a healthy mind also is very, very important. And then also they say that ultimately what you are is that you're the soul that's inside of the, the mind and the body. Like the, the mind and the intelligence are just like, it's a subtle body that covers the soul. The physical body is our gross manifestation that covers the soul, but we're not the body. We're not the mind. We're actually the life force that's inside of the body. And you could even have a healthy body and a healthy mind, but if your soul is sick, you're not going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So meaning if we don't have, if we're not living a purpose-driven life, if we're just kind of like living life just to take whatever we can get and we think we're in the center and the rest of the world is revolving around me. And I'm just going to take the biggest piece of pie while I can, while I'm here. And, you know, it just breeds a very kind of like narcissistic, selfish, self-centered consciousness. And that's going to make you sick too. That's like a, that's like a sick soul. Yeah. So it really starts, you know, it really starts from the soul and manifests outward. Like when you are living your life and you have some sort of spirituality in your life you're connecting with with the divine you're trying to like make a loving connection with divinity and then you look around at the world and you see that not only am i a spirit soul everybody else is a spirit soul even the animals are spirit souls like i don't want to exploit people and animals and the earth and the rainforest and i'm just going to chop down whole entire rainforest because it's going to benefit me and give me cheap hamburgers which is really why they chop down the rainforest if you don't know it's all mcdonald's and burger king they chop down the rainforest and they burn the trees and then they set up grazing land. And that's why the rainforest, which is the lungs of the planet, is being depleted more and more every single year. It's ridiculous. So we can have $2 hamburgers. We're killing the planet. So really, like when you have this like spiritual connection, when you love Krishna or love divinity or love God, whatever name you want to put on that, the universe, you could say. And you look around with spiritual vision, you see we all come from the same divine source. You just start to kind of like love and respect and offer dignity to everybody. Mm -hmm. And that is the beginning of real health. Like you could eat as much kale as you want, but if you're not spiritually switched on, you're not really going to have a real kind of like sense of balance and fulfillment in your life. <laughs>
Yeah. Here's an advert in less than 20 seconds. Did you know that Wellness Provisions offers one-on-one -on -one wellness sessions? Yep. So if you're seeking to get healthy and ahead in life, but feeling a little stuck, then book a session and let's get you unstuck. Now back to the interview. So it was really when I got into yoga, a lot of the more subtle aspects of health and wellness really came into play, which is why yoga is such a incredible tool for wellness, because it just doesn't deal with the outside of the body. It deals with yeah. the inside of the body. The poses are scientifically designed to um, work on your glandular system and your circulation and your digestion, your elimination system of your body. And so it works on the body. It works on the inside of the body. You do deep breathing. You know, you do this movement that brings health to your mind. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, like when I teach my class, I always have a little bit of a, like a wisdom talk at the beginning of the class where I pull wisdom from, you know, the yoga tradition. And it's not that I'm wise, but the yeah. people that wrote these books were really wise. Yeah. You know? So I try to incorporate as much as I can in, uh, of that into my life. You know, I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm trying. And then I try to give other people, you know, just let other people have access to this like deep wisdom from the yoga tradition, which is really, really profound. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to ask, um, and I guess like this is the direction that we're going, but how does yoga and yoga philosophy help someone deal with stress and trauma? Well, first of all, we, you know, a lot of stress comes from when we try to hold on to things that we just can't hold on to. So, when you take a cold, hard look at them, you know, the, even the, you know, the Bhagavad Gita, you know, the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, the teachings really start in the second chapter. And the second chapter really deals with the impermanence of this world. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing is permanent. Well, matter is always in flux. Even your own body, which you think is like your home. And you, you know, people think that this thing is me. It's not permanent. Like it's going to go through different changes. you you, you, you were a baby and then you were like a little kid and then you were a teenager. Like your body is always changing. And, you know, so many people, I mean, you look at like the, 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 the neuroticism of our culture. When people don't accept that simple fact that your body's going to change. And then we get this whole culture where people worship youth and people get like, you know, they turn 40. And then they just lose their minds. Like they get plastic surgery yeah. and Botox and lip because they're well, like, oh my God, my body's changing. Yeah. And well, that's like, cause I mean, I went to school for aesthetics and plus, you know, just being in this whole like wellness industry lifestyle anyways, but like everyone wants anti-aging. Where's an anti-aging cream? And you are, there's one company um, and they, they call it aging gracefully. You know, just the difference in, in wording, but it's true. It's you're either trying to like resist a natural process or you're doing it, you know, gracefully. Yeah. So, you know, when you apply just like, even just like that basic wisdom, matter is always in flux. It's always going to change. You can't hold on to it. One day you're rich, then you get your tax bill and you're poor. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. It's like, you know, things are always going to change. And if you're putting your stock, like, you know, say, you know, I was in the stock market and somebody came up to me, they're like, I want to sell you this stock, but it's going to crash in six months, but I want you to buy a lot of it. You'd be like, I'm not going to buy that stock. Everything in the material world is like that. Like yeah. every, everything is going to move and shift and change. The world is almost like sand through your hands. 
And once you realize that our happiness doesn't come from that anyway, it doesn't come from how beautiful you are or how in shape you are, or even how healthy you are. That's not to say we don't try to stay in shape and be healthy, but we have that balanced understanding that that's not really where my true happiness lies. Like it's not your bank balance. It's not your cool car. You know, people are in such illusion that they think if I get a cool car, then people are going to love me. You know what I mean? Really, you know, yoga tells us that everybody's just after love. Mm-hmm. You know, so some guy who's 50 years old is thinking like, well, now I'm not attractive anymore. But if I get a cool car, then maybe people will love me. It's so dumb. So, what, so would dumb. You tell, what would you tell that guy who just got his new car so people love him? What would you tell him so he could course correct in a better direction? What yoga would tell, what, what I, what my opinion doesn't matter. You know, I'm dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. What yoga would say, yoga smart. Krishna would say, you are running east looking for sunsets. Like you're looking, you're looking for love. And, you know, we're all kind of born in this world with like, you know, we basically, if you were going to distill all of our desires down to one desire, it's to love, it's to love and be loved. Like that's what we really want. That's why people are knocking themselves out to make a billion dollars. That's why people are in the gym for three hours a day. They just want to love, they just want to love and be loved. But we have this kind of like mistaken thing that people are going to, are going to love us when we get enough stuff. Like if I can make enough money and if I can have like these washboard abs and like if I can just like get all of my material things in place, if I can be prestigious and project that prestige out into the world, then I'm going to be happy. And then people are going to love and respect me. You know, so we kind of like are in this thing where we're just after stuff, whether that stuff is money or whether it's like followers on Instagram or fame or even even things like education. You know, people will like, you know, go to school for 12 years. They just want to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so but love isn't like that. Love isn't like that. Love is not what you take. It's not what you acquire. Love is actually what you give. And so what Krishna would tell us and what the yoga tradition would tell us is like, if you really want to be happy, if you really want a sense of fulfillment in this life, try to think about what you can do to contribute. So many people are caught up in in taking. And if I can get the big piece of the pie, then I'm going to be happy. It's just not true. And it's a, and you can see it. It's like a universal failure. I know people that are billionaires. I know a billionaire. Miserable. I've never seen a person so miserable. He's addicted to opioids. Serial cheats on his wife. The guy, and you, the guy's absolutely miserable. Can you imagine? You have, you have, you're, you're not only a millionaire, but you're a billionaire. You have houses all over the world. And you're miserable because it just goes to show that's not what it's all about. Right. It's not to say you could be a billionaire and also be happy because you can use that money for so many good things. That could be part of your your contribution. Mm -hmm. But really what, you know, what the yoga tradition tells us that it's all about the service and the contribution that you make, which is really going to make you happy. And you want love in your life? Give love, you know, serve and love and action. Love's not just a feeling. Love is action and action. Love means service. Like when you are not so concerned with your own needs and desires and you're more concerned about what you can give to make other people happy, surprise, 
you become happy. <laughs> it's like, it seems counterintuitive in this freaking materialistic world that we live in, but try it and, and you'll see, you know, like I was just telling like people in my yoga class, the last time I flew on a plane, um, youth of today played punk rock bowling. <laughs> and I was flying out to Las Vegas. You know, it's a long flight. You know, people hate people hate to fly. You've been on the plane. It's miserable. You're like this. You got a smelly guy next to you. You know, you can't wait to get off that plane. I get it. I can't wait to get off the plane either. But right in front of me, there was an old lady. And she was she was having she first of all, she was so slow getting out of her seat. And, you know, most people would just run by her, but I'm just like, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait for this old lady. Everybody behind me is just like, okay, now this jerk is waiting for this old lady. So she gets out and then her, she's got her bag and she's like reaching up her bag. And it's just so obvious. This woman is not going to be able to get her bag down. She's just too old. She's too short. Yeah. She's trying, she's reaching up. And so I just said, excuse me, ma'am, can I help you with your bag? And she just looked at me. She's just like, would you please help me with your with, with the bag? And I just said, sure. And I just reached up and I, and I gave her the bag. And she said, she looked at me and she said, oh, she kind of grabbed my arm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And she like got off the plane. Man, I felt so good. All I did was help. Her, like, I didn't get anything out of it. She didn't give me any money. I didn't get any external validation. I didn't take a video of it, put it on my Instagram to show people how cool I was. I just did this little bit of service. And I tell you, that whole day, I was just kind of like buzzing because just seeing that lady's face light up and I made her happy. Yeah. Something that I did. It was it was just kind of like a little thing. It was so special. Like we've really just lost our way in our in our culture. It's just kind of sad mm -hmm. um, to see. And so I say, I say, you want to be happy? You want to bring love to your life? Don't buy that stupid car. Right. You're not impressing anybody. No one even cares. Yeah. <laughs> Give your love to other people, like serve other people. You know, the, the yoga that I do, is called bhakti yoga. Mm -hmm. So um, bhakti is, the word bhakti means devotion, really. But whenever they translate the word bhakti, they translate it as devotional service. Okay. Because it just drives the point home. It's not just like this feeling, like I love people. You know, a lot of times we get that sort of like hippy dippy kind of thing, like just love everybody and this and that. But love in action is service. It's like what you can contribute to the lives and the health and the well-being of other people. In the end, that's just going to it's going to be good for you, too. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if we lived in a world where everybody was into bhakti? <laughs> It'd be a great place. It would Come be like utopia. <laughs> it would. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that would be what I would tell the guy. Mm -hmm. I and that's what I, you know, and it's not that I'm some like Buddha and I'm sitting under the, you know, enlightened under the tree or whatever. I got to remind myself of this stuff every day too. Yeah. You know, and um, I think we're all works in progress. None of us are perfect. You know, we're all kind of like um, trying. And I think it's important that not only, you know, as part of our health and our wellness routine, it shouldn't just be just to uplift ourselves. It should be, how can we help to uplift other people? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's going to lift us up too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, you know, most of the stuff that I learn about self-care, I learned from Ayurveda. 
you know, just my study of Ayurveda, which is the, you know, the system of, of, of health and wellness and self-care that, you know, comes from ancient India. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, I'm sure there's other modalities that work just as well and are just as good. It's just like, since I'm so into yoga, that's, and that's such an important part of yoga. It, it's always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. So, um, whenever, you know, usually when I go, I was telling you that I usually go to India during the winter. And one of the places that I go to is this place that's called Govardhan Eco Village, which is the most amazing place. It's, it's, it's a few hours outside of Mumbai. And um, this, uh, this guru named Radhanath Swami started it. And first of all, the place is just so incredible. It's, it, it's like his idea for this eco village was, you know, he, here's, a, here's a, a monk who's just kind of like, he travels the world and he's looking around, around the world. And he's just seeing how materialistic and how unhealthy and how unnatural the world is getting. So his idea was like, I'm just going to start a small place, but I want it to be sort of like a model of how you can live life differently. And you can still enjoy sort of like material comforts, but you do it in tune with nature. So he started this um, eco village where they farm all their own food. You're not importing food from like, you know, around the world. Everything's, Everything's fresh, everything's organic. Their system of fertilization is all organic. Um, everything they, that they use is like, you know, organically grown and, you know, you know, take it from the trees. All their buildings are made from these clay bricks, clay compressed bricks. And they build these beautiful houses. Actually, It's not like you're going there and you're living like Gilligan's Island. You know what I mean? You're <laughs> living in some like hut. The houses and the facilities that they, that they build are actually really beautiful, but they're just all natural materials. And... Um, so it's just a way that you can go and you can see like, there's a better way to live. Like we don't need all this toxic crap, toxic building materials and toxic fertilizers that are just making us sicker and sicker and sicker. We can still live nicely, mm-hmm. but in tune with nature. And it's a really wonderful place. If anybody ever wants to visit that place called Govardhan Eco Village, it'll change your life. It sounds it's like, awesome. It's all permaculture and organic farming and, the food there is so incredible because everything was picked like half an hour ago, you know, an hour ago, you know, they go like, and you, you know, when you get a bit, when you get a banana at the store, they pick those bananas when they're so green. Uh huh. And then you want to know if there's not an organic banana, you want to know what they do. They gas the bananas to like re-ripen the bananas with some toxic gas. And then you get a banana and, they just don't taste that good. Mm-mm. Like when you're at the eco village and they're pulling a banana, a ripe banana that was ripened on the tree and they're pulling that off and then you're eating that for breakfast. You can't even eat. Like, it's almost like you've never tasted a banana before in your whole entire life. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny because due to all this kind of like chemical stuff that we're going on, you know, better living through chemistry experiments that we've been doing since, you know, the fifties, which is, basically failed the quality of the food is actually going down like mm-hmm. it you know it's not it's not going up it's not it's not like the chemical fertilizers is making the food better quality it's making us worse quality yeah everything <laughs> all the nutrients are just depleted from the soil so how is your food going to have more nutrients Egg, exactly so you know they're doing and their topsoil is growing every year because they're using all natural fertilizers so the soil just gets better and better and better 
Yeah. So at that place, they actually have an Ayurveda center too, where you can go. And every year I go, I go, you get Ayurvedic massages, you get a diet and do cleanses. Um, it's really incredible. So I learned a lot from going to that place. And, you know, a, a couple of things that I do as far as like my self-care uh-huh. is I will wake up. And the first thing that I do is I, I don't wake up and I like, don't take a shower. Because according to like Ayurveda, when you wake up, not only is it a shit, like when you sleep, your body's detoxing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not, that's why it's not good to eat at night. Because if you eat at night, the energy that your body, that your body would normally use to start to detox your body, it gets used for digestion and then your body never detoxes. And that's why people get sick. Right. So you're supposed to wake up early. You're supposed to take a shower. You're supposed to wash that off. And not only does this, does it wash off the toxins that emanate from your body at night, but also it wakes up your circulation and wakes up your glandular system. Like if you don't bathe, your body doesn't fully realize that, okay, now it's time to wake up. Mm-hmm. So I always try to, you know, the first thing that I do is I try to go to bed early and I try to get at least seven hours of sleep and I try to wake up early because like I said, when you're working with nature, that's where real health comes from. So if you're sleeping to nine, 10, I mean, I remember when I was like a punk rocker, I'd sleep till noon. Yeah. I sleep till, I sleep till one, you know, uh-huh. I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it, but you know, that sleep that you get, you know, the sleep at night, when nighttime comes, the whole environment is very conducive to, to deep sleep. So when you're trying to sleep like at nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, the sun is up, you have that solar energy that's coming in, you don't get deep sleep. Yeah. So if you, if you go to bed early and you wake up early, that's so important to health. Like number one, like self-care routine, don't eat late, go to bed early, wake up early. Then I wake up, I brush my teeth. And I also, part of my self-care routine is I scrape my tongue. Do you have a tongue scraper? I got a copper one. Yeah. Yeah. I got a copper one too. Game game changer. I know. If if, if you're out there and you're not scraping your tongue, listen to us. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know it's there, man. Yeah. Continue. (laughs) It's part of the body's detoxing process that that um, toxins come up from the stomach and they and they coat your tongue. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, if you've never t- scraped your tongue before, you're going to be amazed because you scrape your tongue and there's so much crud. It's called it's called om in Sanskrit. Om is just like you know toxins that come out of your body at night, and you scrape that om off, and it gives you like way fresher breath. You just you your whole mouth feels better. Mm-hmm. Now here's another thing that I do. Do you do you do oil pulling? I don't. Yeah, I mean, heard of oil? Yeah. I mean, I I I know people who have done it over the years, but I don't do it. Well, that's that's part of my daily routine is too. I I, I wake up early. I go in the bathroom. I, I brush my teeth. I scrape my tongue, and I take. You can either the best oils to use are, is either sesame oil or coconut oil, mm-hmm. and you just put a little oil in your mouth and you just swish it around your mouth for for about like five minutes. So usually I'll hop out of bed, I'll wake up early, hop out of bed, go in the bathroom, scrape my tongue, put the oil in my in your mouth, and when you do that, not only does it clean your teeth, not only does it moisturize your whole mouth, you need that oil to moisturize your mouth. It moisturizes your lips. Right. Um, it's very very good for the health of your teeth. 
And also they say that that oil pulling, it, it, it also helps to pull the toxins out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I oil pull for like five minutes and then I go back to my room. I make my bed. I clean everything nice. You know, I should say that, you know, according to Ayurveda, that's also very important is as far as like mental health is to make your environment very, very clean and well organized mm-hmm. because your external world is just a manifestation of your internal world. So if your thoughts are messy and unorganized, you're probably going to create an, a chaotic environment like that too. So yeah. if you want to start getting in that place, make your environment not so chaotic, and that's going to help pacify your mind. So while I'm oil pulling, I'm usually cleaning a little bit. I'll put away the dishes from the night before. And by that time, it's like five minutes. And then I spit out the oil. I quickly brush my teeth again. And then I take a shower. And then the first thing that I do before I do anything is I meditate. I sit down. I grab my japa beads. I chant the names of Krishna on my beads. Like each strand of beads has 108 beads on it. And I just sit quietly, I face my altar, I have my beads, and I close my eyes and I meditate. And I meditate on Krishna and that relationship that I have with, with divinity. And it's such a beautiful way to start the day. It's like, that's how I start my day. Yeah. So I'm not starting my day in a chaotic way, stressfully, you know, shoving some protein bar in my mouth and like, you know, running off to work. You know, I'm, I wake up early, so I have time. I started slow. Mm-hmm. And but it makes but, all the difference. Yeah. And that's it though, is you intentionally created that space and that time so that you can do those things. Cause a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. You can make the time. Like you can go to bed earlier to wake up earlier. So when people say they don't have time, I say, give me your, I say, give me your freaking phone right now. And then I look up their screen time and it's usually like six hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you don't have time. You're on social, you're on like Instagram and Twitter for like hours a day. Mm-hmm. have time for like oil pull come on come on man yeah <laughs> you have time to scrape your tongue <laughs> is there anything that you do before you go to bed to kind of like get you in like a relaxed relaxed a relaxed state <laughs> um well i try to go to bed early you know i try to i, I try to not have screen time like really close to bed mm-hmm well, sometimes I'm successful with that. Sometimes I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm just like, you know, a lot of times I, I, I'm kind of forced to do it because I do these yoga classes and then people will be signing up and sometimes I'll have to go online and, you know, sign people up for the morning class and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but if I can avoid it, I try to like have no screen time, at least an hour before I go to bed, you know, really because you're, you're, you know, according to Ayurveda, the success or the, um, or the not success of your day, it actually starts the night before because you're setting up your day the night before. So if you're going to bed early, if you're getting a really good night's sleep, you know, that's like half the battle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's especially sleep. You know, I think, you know, people just, they, they just stay up too late and they don't get quality sleep. Mm-hmm. And if you do that for year after year after year, it's really, really debilitating to your health. Yeah. Because people don't running- realize it. Yeah, because when you're asleep, that's when, yeah, your skin as an organ is detoxing, when your body is healing and repairing itself, like sleep is like the foundation for, you know, your physical well, and mental, I mean, the domino effect of all of your wellness. Yeah, and, you know, if, if you really, you know, your body works in rhythms, and this is another important part of Ayurveda, you know, Ayurveda means, you know, part of Ayurveda is to be very regulated. So, 
a lot of people, you know, I know people that just say, I can't get to sleep. I have so much problem sleeping. You know, I'm tired all the time. I can't really get quality sleep. And it's because they don't have like a regular sleep schedule. So mm-hmm. one big kind of self-care thing with Ayurveda is you go to sleep and you wake up at the exact same time every day because your body, after you do that for a while, your body will naturally fall into a rhythm. Another thing that people don't do is it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, another just like simple thing that I do just as far as self-care is I eat at the same times every day and I don't snack between meals. Mm-hmm. Like people are just like, people eat so indiscriminately. It, it baffles me. Like people are just like, they're eating the whole damn day. Yeah. Yeah. Power bar, protein bar, this, you know, that, you know, the, it's almost like they're just eating like all the time. Like whenever the whim hits them, oh, we're going to go to the snack machine, get some chips. Yeah. Well, they're bored. Um, Yeah. They're, they're they're bored and they just don't have, they just don't, since they've never had that regulation in their life. And, and, you know, really like when you put these into, when you put these things into practice, it takes a little discipline to do it, Mm -hmm. but the reward that you receive from them is so great like the health and vitality that you, that you enjoy from these things, it's way better than just like eating a bunch of Pringles. You know what I mean? So I think people just like, if they can go through that little bit of discipline at the beginning to sort of regulate their life and figure out, I'm going to eat breakfast at, you know, this time, then I'm going to eat lunch at this time, then I'm going to eat dinner at this time. You know, and some people may need like a snack. You know, some people have like, you know, more robust digestions. You know, and then you plan it out. I'm going to have like, my, my daughter does that. Like she gets home from school. She has a really like healthy little snack. She needs something to eat because she's a kid and her yeah. digestions are like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, and you kind of figure it out and you regulate your life. And, you know, from that regulation, you know, great kind of like internal strength comes from that. And it's all just like little simple things, you know, it's not like, major shifts and you don't have to go out and buy like you know five hundred dollars worth of vitamins or whatever mm-hmm. i'm not really i'm not big on vitamins and, and you know ayurveda is not really big on on vitamins kind of whole foodsy things are a little different you know but when you get like processed vitamins you know well, I, mean, I know some people i was, you know, was not all vitamins are created equal but yeah yeah um, it, definitely. And there's some that are like, you know, made from, you know, whole foods and things like that. I'm talking about like processed, but, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, people are, you know, people here, like, you know, a big thing with, you know, COVID is, you know, your immune system. And one of the things that, that is so essential to your immune system is vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, oh, I'm just taking a bunch of vitamin D pills. You know what, you know, it's the best source of vitamin D go out and get in the sun. Yeah. Go out and sit in the sun for half an hour, not at noon. You get some early morning sun or you get some like gentle sun and you just go on a hike, you get outdoors, you breathe some, some fresh air. That's going to do way more than your health than just like gulping down a bunch of vitamins. It's just like, it's that whole same thing. We want the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. We think if we just gulp down a handful of vitamins, then we're going to be healthy. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And think of what, I mean, they're called supplements. So you are, you should just be using them to supplement things that you you're missing in your diet or as like a nice little add on, but the core of your wellness are all of these free natural 
you know, things that you're incorporating in your life. Yeah. And, and just as far as other things that I, I personally think, you know, I, I, I do do vitamin D, you know, because I live in New York and it's so gray and cold here and the sun never shines during the winter that mm -hmm. it's probably a good idea. Even if I'm not absorbing everything from it, if I'm absorbing a little bit from it, it's, it's probably going to help me. Yeah. And, you know, with COVID going around, I've, I've been taking zinc and cortisin. If I do have trouble sleeping, I take melatonin and that really helps me. Okay. Here's another, you know, here's another great thing from yoga that if you have trouble sleeping, I swear to God, you have to try this. It works like a charm on everybody. You have to kind of like be a yogi to actually implement this though. But if you ever have trouble sleeping, if I ever have trouble sleeping, I get out of bed, I get my phone and I set a timer for five minutes and I do a five minute headstand. Oh, wow. And I close my eyes. And again, they say that headstands are very, very good for calming your mind, pacifying all the, all the doshas of your body, like, you know, pacifying the energies of your body. And I tell you, it really works. I set my timer for five minutes. I get in a headstand and I just breathe deeply, you know, with my eyes closed. And then I get out, I get out of the headstand and I kind of crawl back in the bed and I'm asleep in like 10 seconds. Oh my God. That's awesome. Try, try it. Can you do, it works. Can you do um, legs up the wall? Cause I've had someone else say that that's good too. You do legs up the wall. It's, if you can't do a headstand legs up the wall, it's called Viparita Karani. You just go to a wall, you slide your butt against the wall. You put your, your legs up the wall and it's, it's an inversion. You get almost the same benefits as you would from a headstand and you just sit there and you just breathe deeply for five minutes. I guarantee you it's going to help you sleep. It's a little yogic yoga hack. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really works. That's awesome. Um, other things that I take just as far as like supplements is um, I take this Ayurvedic herb called ashwagandha. Oh, yeah. Ashwagandha? Oh, yeah. You know, because I'm a yoga teacher and not only am I a yoga teacher, I'm a power yoga teacher. Like I always warn people before I take my class. I'm like, this is a strong class. You're going to be sweaty at the end. This isn't like up dog, down dog and just do a little breathing and stretch a little bit. Like we're going for it. Like this is a hard class. We're doing handstandy kind of stuff and very, very physical stuff and arm balances, you know, so I need a lot of energy. And I tell you that ashwagandha, it's so good for just energy. Yeah. And it's like, it's like natural energy. It's not like drinking a cup of coffee where you get a burst of energy and then you're like drained for a few hours it gives right. you like this very sustainable kind of energy yeah so i take that you know what's also very good for energy that i take sometimes is um maca you ever have maca oh yeah totally it's also good you know you can make it like you can make it like a cup of coffee you know that according to ayurveda people in america are obsessed over two things we're obsessed with coffee and we're obsessed with chocolate and there's a there's a reason for that it's because we don't have anything bitter in our diet. And right. you, you need all the tastes in your diet to have a balanced diet. You need bitter, you need sweet, you need sour, you need salty. If you're missing like one of those, you, your body is not going to be balanced. Mm -hmm. So because we don't eat any bitter foods, like if you go to Europe, they're eating bitter greens, they're eating all kinds of bitter foods. India, they will start every single meal with something bitter because bitter is the taste that jumpstarts your digestion. Yeah. So it's this food that we're kind of missing. That's why we're so into coffee, but it's not really the coffee. It's just that you are living such a depleted lifestyle that you have no energy mm -hmm. and you have nothing bitter in your diet. Hence coffee is 
you know, people are drinking six cups of coffee a day yeah. to their detriment, to their detriment. I mean, probably yeah. a little bit of coffee wouldn't be bad for you. It'd probably be good for you. Um, but that's it. You can go because it's your adrenals. So for, you know, your, your energy and stress and all that, you can nourish it with ashwagandha or you can put a bandaid on it with coffee. Exactly. Exactly. So here's a great thing to do instead of coffee, turmeric. You get, wow. you get yourself like a turmeric tea because turmeric is very, very bitter. Oh. And um, I also have this Ayurvedic kind of coffee substitute. It doesn't really taste like coffee. If you think it's going to taste like coffee, but it's bitter. Like it sort of has that, it sort of has that same feel of like, of like bitterness, like coffee does. And it doesn't have any caffeine in it or anything. And it's got all these kind of like bitter Ayurvedic herbs and it's brown. It kind of looks like coffee, Yeah. but it gives you that bitter taste, which is very, very good for your digestion. Um, so sometimes I'll drink that in the morning. Um, sometimes I'll just have like some kind of turmeric tea. You can, I mean, you can get it in any supermarket these days. You just go in, you look in the tea aisle, you can get some sort of turmeric tea. Yeah, it's very healthy and it will and it will give you that same kind of feeling that you get from from drinking coffee without the downside of it. Awesome. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I'm sort of into superfoods like, you know, goji berries and things like that. And acai. And all those things are great. You know, they're, they're great for giving you energy, which, you know, due to my lifestyle, I, I need a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, this is one question I ask everybody. What is your favorite quote or a quote you like a lot? All right. Here's my quote. And it's a quote from the Bhagavad Gita. You ready for this one? Yeah. This is the second chapter. And it, it really speaks to what I like about this quote from the Gita is it really speaks to our culture or kind of like modern day culture. This is from the second chapter. It's, it's um, text 70. It says, a person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean, which is ever being filled, but is always still, can alone achieve peace and not the person that strives to satisfy such desires. So what that means is, it's got this analogy of the ocean. So the ocean has all these rivers and everything's kind of like constantly flowing into it, but it always stays very even keeled. It's not like the ocean starts to overflow. Right. So it's the analogy is like, you know, people living in this modern culture, we're being bombarded by desires and advertising is creating unnecessary necessities and unnecessary desires. Like that's what they do. Uh-huh. Like, you know, even these companies, they're so insidious. They'll hire psychologists. Like, how can we manipulate people psychologically into buying our product? It's actually, it's, it's really, it's horrible yeah. when you think yeah. about it. the way that advertising blatantly manipulates people. Like they'll spend millions of dollars to understand how we can manipulate people. Mm-hmm. What to speak of social media. I remember um, I was reading this thing that Instagram was going to start this thing. Like instead of scrolling, you know, scrolling is so bad for your eyesight. You know, it's, it's literally ruining people's eyesight scrolling on a phone because, you know, the thing's constantly, you know, you know, moving. So these people came to Instagram. They said, you're ruining everybody's eyesight. All you have to do is you create this mechanism where you just click the screen and it goes to the next. It automatically jumps to the next thing. So you don't have to scroll through it and, you know, people's eyes get messed up. So they started doing that. 
it was actually they did it for like a couple of days i don't know if you remember instagram you you wouldn't scroll you would press it, it was only like a day and it's probably like three years ago Oh, no. But they found that the scrolling is more hypnotic. And they found like during, you know, studies and tests that people that scroll, they'll stay on Instagram way, way, way longer than if the person just kind of doesn't have the scrolling effect. And so they were like, we're not going to do this other thing that's like better for people's brains and eyesight and attention. We're going to do the thing that's going to, you know, it's going to keep them on Instagram longer. Advertising agencies, you know, they're, they're always trying to create these desires. And people think that, oh, if I can just fulfill all my desires, then I'm going to be happy. And, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of force fed all these desires. And like, we just have like unlimited amounts of desires. You're watching TV. I need a new phone. I need the new iPhone. I need this car. Oh my God, I need this. Oh, I, can need, I need this to be healthy. Oh my God, I need this. Oh, my house sucks. TV told me I got to get a better house, you know, and it's just like we have this unlimited amount of desires. We're trying to fulfill all of them and we're becoming like a sick culture because of we're we have our social media. We're comparing our lives to like the highlight reel of everybody else's lives. We think our lives sucks. Look at everybody else. Everybody else's life is perfect. And we're going about killing ourselves, trying to make our life materially perfect. And so what this verse is telling us is that, you know what, instead of doing that, instead of like acting on every single desire that pops into your mind and trying to fulfill every single desire, take a step back, slow down, think of what do I really need instead of like what I whimsically um, desire all the time. Hold on, I'm just going to get out of the sun. Okay. So, you know, what this verse is telling us is like, instead of like hopping on that rat race, think what are my real needs? And we do have legitimate needs that you know we need to fulfill we need to you know, pay our bills and take care of the people that we love and you know generate a certain amount of income so we can do that and we need to eat healthy food and you know yeah. but, but but what do we really but what's really like a need and what is just like some insane desire that's been programmed in my mind by some you know diabolical company yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and so the person that can actually control their desires and and discern between what's their needs and what's just something that's just like frivolous and unnecessary, that person can achieve peace. Mm -hmm. You're not going to achieve peace by like trying. You, you know, people think that they're going to achieve peace and happiness by acting on every single desire that they can get, but it's really the person that just has that kind of like self discipline that can control their desires and really design their life to move in the direction that they want instead of yeah. just being, you know, at the whims of, you know, their own mind and, you know, what other people are trying to tell them is going to make them happy. Yeah. Really like it's really, um, it's pretty profound in this, in this day, day and age. And it's so funny because that was written down 5,000 years ago and it's like more relevant today <laughs> than probably what it was 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Gita is an incredible book. I recommend the whole book, not just not even just that little verse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's a good quote. Um, the tagline for my business is delay dying. So I like to ask if you have any um, tips or, you know, thoughts, advice for someone to delay dying or in other words, live happier and healthier. So anything 
extra that's popped into your head or to summarize? Well, it's interesting. When I first, when I first moved to New York City, me and this uh, singer for Youth Today moved to New York City. We okay. moved right next to this yoga studio. And yoga was like unheard of back then. Like yoga, like you were a weirdo if you did yoga, you know, like it was just kind of like this strange kind of counterculture thing almost. Now it's, it's, it's amazing to me how mainstream it's gotten. But I used to go do yoga classes. And at this particular yoga school, it was very easy and it was very slow. And I was just like punk rocker, hardcore stage diving teenager yeah. who was filled with like an like enormous amount of energy. And for me, it's just to go there. It's like, put your arms up in the air and touch your palms and then bring them back down to your heart. And it was like, the whole class was kind of like that. And so I just assumed that all yoga was like that. There's so many different kinds of yoga. But I just assumed this is yoga and I don't like it. I'd rather be moshing at CBGB's to get my exercise. <laughs> Uh, but then, you know, one of the first times I, I went to India, somebody, and I went to India not to study physical yoga. I meant I went to India to study bhakti, to study like, you know, the ancient traditions of yoga and to stay at temples and live in ashrams and things like that. But somebody said to me, hey, this one old sadhu, a sadhu is like a, kind of like a monk. Okay. This old sadhu is going to give a yoga class. Do you want to come with me? I was like, nah, yoga sucks. I don't want to do that. They're like, no, come on, it's gonna be great. You know, this person's like a really revered yoga teacher. And he practically dragged me there. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. And we get there and the, and the man, I think I studied with him for a few years. I think he was like almost 70 years old. I think at that time he was like 68. And so in India, first of all, he practice outside and there's like a little kind of like makeshift almost like cover that they put that they put over and you don't even have a mat you have like a like a blanket almost like a little blanket that you practice on and then the men and the women separately okay and the way and what you do is you you wear this thing it's called a gumpsha like you don't practice in lululemon shorts everybody practices in this thing it's called a gumpsha it's like a towel it's like a thin towel and you take it you wrap it around your waist and it's kind of like a longer thing and then you take the front edge and you put it like through your legs and you, and you tuck it in the back. And it's almost like a little pair of shorts. Okay. But it's like a towel that you kind of fold around you. And it's very, it's actually great for doing yoga in because, you know, it's not, you know, sometimes like shorts and stuff are like really bindy and stuff, but this like gives you room to kind of move around. And so this teacher was there. He had long, I mean, he's 68 years old. He had long gray beard. He had long, like silver hair. And so everybody starts like, you know, take off their shirt and put on their gumpsha. And this 68 year old man, yoga master, took off his shirt and he literally looked like an Olympic swimmer. Like he was Jack, six pack, super strong build, strong shoulders, but like, you know, thin and strong, kind of like a swimmer. And I was like, what? Like, you, you, you almost didn't expect it. And like, I tell you, when I first met him, even when I walked into the room and I got introduced to him, he had a gray beard. He had gray hair. But I was looking at his face. He didn't have a line on his face. It was unbelievable. Like his face was incredibly youthful looking. Like I bet you if you shaved his beard off and kind of cut his hair, he'd probably look like he was like 35. Oh like God. literally, like he, he just like his face just like, and his eyes were just so bright. I was just kind of like taking him. And then when he took his shirt off and put his gumption, I was like, what? 
I want to look like that when I'm 68. And then he proceeded to give the hardest, most physical class. I couldn't even, I was like, what? You talk about power yoga. This is like power yoga times a hundred. We're doing handstands and arm balances and crazy things. And like real physical, like I'm after, I'm like, at this point, I'm like, you know, in my early twenties and I can barely keep up with this guy. Like he's super strong, has tons of energy. He's 68 and he's in better shape than most people are when they're 20. Yeah. You know, it, it was like, ridiculous. and I was like, wow. And we did this. We, first of all, we had a three hour class. After that three hour class, I was just like covered in sweat. And I was like, wow, I am in love. I love this yoga. And this guy is so cool. And I want to be like him when I'm 68. He doesn't have any like memory loss or anything. He's sharp as a tack because he's lived just like a simple, straightforward, healthy yogic lifestyle since he was a kid. The way that he's maintained his health, even into advanced years, it was inspiring. And you know what? We don't have to live like we're living now. I mean, even just because we live in America, there's like 5G running through us and, you know, there's smoke from cars and like, we're not living like that guy who grew up in like villages in India. Yeah. You know, so we're, so our immune system is, is being attacked, you know, constantly just because we live in such a toxic environment. That's the sad part of it. We'll probably never be as healthy as him, you know, eating fresh organic food and, you know, just living a healthy lifestyle his whole entire life in a, in a, in a natural environment. But you can make changes that will really stave off like aging or whatever you want to call it. And you know what? It's not like we're trying to, you know, I, I don't like the culture of youth that's in our America, that's in, that's in America and like in the Western world where everybody just wants to be young. You know, I'm not into that. I think there's something great about growing older and getting wiser. And the more that you, you know, the older that you get, the more you can study and the more you can learn. And I like to be like that. I like to be a person who's constantly learning new things and studying these different yogic texts and, you know, and trying to like, you know, on building as I get older. And that's why, like, as I get older, I'm not like so hung up on it. Like, I don't have like this kind of like empty shell of a material life where like, I think, oh my God, now I'm 50. And now I got to sort of like reclaim my youth. But with that said, yoga will keep you very young and very, you know, vital for, for a long time. And, you know, my, I have this friend, you might, have you ever heard of that band H2O? Mm -hmm. um, but my friend plays bass. His name is Adam Blake. Um, he actually used to play in shelter too. We played in the, in shelter together. Okay. Um, he played on, he played on the mantra record. Um, but he's a, he's a fitness instructor now. And so he put something on Instagram that I was like, wow, this is kind of like in, encapsulates the whole entire yoga system in one little meme that he's putting on his story of his Instagram. And it said, be strong to be useful. Be strong to be useful. And I was like, that's yoga. Like, we're not doing this to get like abs so we can just be like sexy and yeah. get the yo tight yoga butt. And we're going to attract the opposite sex. And like, you know, the better looking partner I have, then I'm going to be happy. Like, we understand that's not the, that's not the way to happiness. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're a yogi. But we do want to be strong. 
We do want to have good health. We do want to have a lot of energy. Why? Because we want to be useful. We want to serve. We have great missions in this life. You weren't born just to get some stupid job and accumulate a bunch of money so you can sit and watch Netflix and like buy a bunch of toys till you die. That's not what life is meant for. Each one of us is born with a certain abilities and talents and like God-given talents. And we're supposed to use them in some sort of mission. And we all have some sort of like divine mission and purpose of why we are here and how we can contribute. And that's going to be wildly different for other people. But the principle is the same. Mm-hmm. We're here in a mission. We're here on some great, there's, there's a greater plan of why we're here. It's a, part of a fulfilling our destiny is to sort of tap into that. And so for that, we do want to be strong. We do want to be healthy because then we have more to give. Yeah. And, you know, I just see these people that are like 35 years old and just like crippled by an unnecessary, unnatural lifestyle. They can barely make it through the day and they have to prop themselves up with coffee and drugs and alcohol. And it's just, it's, it's, it's not, there's a better way, man. Yeah. If after they see this interview and everything that you've shared they're if they don't change their ways, my God, that's on them. But this has been like, you've shared so many, so many, just like, just gems, like nuggets of like wisdom and, you know, that you've, you know, that's passed through you, you know, to the screen. <laughs> I'm, I'm just some dumb punk rocker. I don't yeah, know anything. But, but you know but where to find I, wisdom and you can relay it. Somehow or other I've tapped into like, and you know, I've, I've actually had some really great teachers and mentors in my life. You know, nobody's just a self-made person. Like I've had people that have really just kind of taken me under their wing and taught me a lot of this stuff. Didn't charge me a dime. Like that person that I took the yoga from in India, you know, the 68 year old man, he never charged a dime. And I studied with him. He taught me everything I knew practically about yoga. Never charged me a dime. It wasn't like, here's your yoga teacher training. Now pay me Mm $5,000. He's just like, I want to serve humanity. I'm not even going to charge people. All I want is like my simple food to eat and like a little tiny place that I can rest my head at night to sleep. And his happiness doesn't come from his stuff. His happiness comes from his his contribution. So he doesn't even charge people. I've had a lot of people in my life like that, that have really been super inspiring to me and have taught me a lot. And like, if I'm just doing a little in my yoga class to pay a a fraction of that forward, I'm so happy to do it. And like I said, it's like, you know, I'm still in this game too. Like I'm still working on things and, you know, trying my best. And sometimes I slip up Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, try to get back into it. And, you know, that's just all part of, you know, it's, it's, it's just all part of the work. Yeah. We're, we're all just kind of like trying our best and, you know, trying to help each other. And hopefully we just all kind of are in this together and we'll lift each other up. What else is there to do in life? That's right. You know, work at IBM and make a lot of money and just like go to the Bahamas for two weeks. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you know. um, do you have anything cool coming up or coming out or any, anywhere you want to point people towards? Well, well, yes, I would like to plug my yoga class. I do a yoga class every day at 10 a.m. New York time. Okay. And it's only $10 a class. The price is probably going to go up soon, but it's usually like an hour. And sometimes it's usually even longer. Sometimes it usually goes for like maybe an hour and 15 minutes. And it's a really, like I said, it's a really good, strong, kick-ass class. Like you will get strong real fast. Like you take my class. 
I've had people that take my class and like have never, and you don't have to be an expert at yoga to take my class. Like some people see that I'm doing handstands and stuff and they're like, I just can't do that stuff. I have beginners in my class and then I have people that are like level three yoga instructors that take my class. So we'll do hard stuff, but if you can't do it, I'll give easier ways to do it. And like, you know, we kind of make it accessible to everybody, but yeah, get in your head. You're going to sweat and you're going to get strong. And three months later, you're going to be jacked. (laughs) Uh, So it's a really good class. And like I said, like all this stuff that I read that I'm inspired by, we'll have a little bit of a Sangha at the beginning of the class. We'll kind of discuss these things. So there'll be about like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of that. And we'll do a little bit of chanting. We'll okay. do a little ma- mantra meditation for just a few minutes, and then we'll do the class. And it's a it's a really nice class. I get a lot of regular people that have just been like, you know, taking the class for, you know, almost two years since I started during the pandemic online. And it's really been great because, you know, I was really stuck because when this whole thing happened, I was, a tra- I was like a traveling yoga teacher. And I would go on and I would do retreats and workshops. And when the world went crazy and all that got shut down, I started teaching online and I really love it. Like I have a really good group of people. There's people from all around the world. There's a lot of punk rockers and hardcore kids. So um, if you want to practice with me, if you just go to my Instagram, which is the hardcore yogi, it's all one word, the hardcore yogi, and just send me a DM and I'll send you all the information on how you can sign up and how you can pay. And um, it's going to be a little bit more streamlined soon, but it's sort of like the DIY way now. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> works. Got, it works. I got people helping me to, to, to make it a little bit more professional. So that's coming, that's coming soon. But uh, awesome. But yeah, but yeah, it's great and it's fun. Um, another thing that I'm also working on a, you know, I'm a musician. If people know me from Youth Today and Judge and Shelter and all that, um, I'm working on a new band right now. And we're recording. We've already recorded six songs. We just didn't, we're, we're just back in the studio now recording the last seven. So we're going to do a whole uh, record. We don't have a name yet. We're still fighting tooth and nail over the name. <laughs> but um, that's going to be coming out soon. So look for a new band. It's sort of like melodic hardcore, kind of like poppy hardcore. Some of the songs are really fast. And it's got a girl singer. So it's, oh. so it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited about that. So that's coming out soon. Also, we're going to work on a new Shelter record this year. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have a, some new Shelter music coming out. For Europeans, I'm going to be touring with Youth of Today this summer. At the beginning of the summer, we're going all over Europe. That's going to be really fun. So if you haven't seen that, um, look up the tour dates. I posted on my Instagram. And another thing that just came out is when I was in Shelter, you know, when Shelter was like a full-time touring band in the, like the 90s, I put out a fanzine that was called War on Illusion. And you know, I was always big, in fan, big into fanzines. I did a, a pretty well-known New York hardcore fanzine called Schism Fanzine. And that, all, that also got made into a book. Bridge Nine Records made that into a book. I think they're going to repress it too because it's sold out. But when I was in Shelter, I did a fanzine that was called War on Illusion. It was about music. And it was also about yoga and Eastern spirituality. And I kind of tried to incorporate it all in so people can understand what Shelter was about. Because we were all, we were way inspired by yoga way before Lululemon came yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So back then, people didn't even know what yoga was and what bhakti was and what meditation was. But, you know, all the members of Shelter were into that. And that really inspired us for what the whole band was about. So I put together this fanzine that kind of explained it all. And that just came out as a book 
through this record label that repressed um, the last two Shelter records. They're called End Hits Records. Okay. So you can look them up on endhitsrecords.com or you can go to their Instagram, which is end underscore hits underscore records on Instagram. And um, that that book came out. All, they, they took all the issues of War, of War and Illusion. They put them into a book and they did an interview with me that's also in the book and they added some extra stuff. So that just came out also. And I'm really excited about that here. I'll just I'll grab it. So you can look for this. It's the War and Illusion book, and it's got all the issues in it, and it just came out on End Hits Records. Awesome. Yeah. That's, well, that's so what cool. I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. Yeah, I like, to, I like to keep busy. Yeah. Well, listen, man, this has been super fun. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this chat and um, all of the Ayurvedic stuff and just everything. And everyone needs to go buy a tongue scraper, take a yoga class with you, be square so <laughs> yes the tongue scraper is a key part of that <laughs> equation <laughs> get a copper one too if you get a I'm, I'm excited that you have a copper one because they say that copper has special properties to it that helps to also get rid of the toxins yeah and i know that it like the scraper itself stays more hygienic being copper too because it's yes by everything yes yeah. yes yeah. in india they have these they 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 will get their daily water from like a well or something and they'll put it in a copper pot and the copper helps to keep the water clean. Uh -huh. There's something about the properties of copper that, that keeps the water clean. Yeah, it's cool. It is cool. <laughs> All right, I'm glad, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad we connected. Um, it was kind of mysterious how that happened, but one of my yoga students sort of connected us together. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. It was perfect. So I'm excited for, right, great. for sharing. Awesome. I'm really into what you're doing too. Cool. <laughs>